Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Betfair's Racing Only Better podcast. And it's a special one because this is our 300th show, according to the boss man Barry Orr, that is. And it's fallen on the greatest premier race day of all time in the history of premier racing. Because, of course, it is Betfair Hurdle Day at Newbury Super Saturday down there. Can't wait to get stuck into it, boys. Some excellent racing. We also have Warwick as well. Loads to get stuck into. I will say hello to the boys very quickly, but before I do, offer time. I'm going to put this in early for you. Completely free bet on racing multiples every weekend between now and Cheltenham. So do get involved in that and you can check out the website for other additional place races and other offers too this weekend and beyond. But don't forget, you need to opt in and you need to do it responsibly. You need to read the T's and C's, please. And of course, whilst I'm talking about doing it responsibly, you can also stay on top of your game using Betfair safe gambling tools, which are easy to find and apply. You can set deposit and loss limits. You can use the simple profit and loss tracker and set time checks for gaming. Almost 50%, 50% of our customers are already using the safer gambling tools to manage their play. So give them a try if you have not done that already. Boys, let's say hello to you because Dan, you're looking pensive, like you're just chomping at the bit for Super Saturday, as we all are. Competitive racing. How are you, Dan? I'm good. I just thought I'd look for comparison. 300 episodes. Well done, everybody. Well done for listening, people, for that many and enduring it. We've got quite a long way to go, though, to match Coronation Street. That's at 10,230. Emmerdale, 9,500. But maybe we can call her EastEnders. They've had just 6,821. Oh, right. Yeah, we're catching up with them. Terrific. Um some some excellent soaps there actually you've listed off i've got distracted daryl how are you over there <laughs> yeah not too bad not too bad looking forward to the betfair hurdle at newbury this week i'm going up there so ah. uh, yeah can't wait to, to get involved if it's not tricky enough this, this this race every single year willie decides to throw one in from out of the french trenches so <laughs> let, let's see what the lads have to say about this the trenches, I like it. Uh, TC, do you do you listen to soaps? Are you an Emmerdale fan? You probably are, aren't you? Love a bit of farming life. No, don't do soaps. <laughs> You're more the archers, I think, Vanessa. <gasps> I radio. love the archers. I love the archers. Uh, TC, yeah, do you want to give us a do you want to give us a weather update whilst you're in the firing line here? Yep. Um, right. It's um, this is with a caveat because. Um, this is from this morning, and it's obviously been raining everywhere uh, where it's not snowing anyway. Um, Newbury is currently soft, good to soft in places, um, but I don't think they updated that after six mil this morning. It would have been raining there all day. Um, so I imagine it's soft there at the minimum at the moment. Uh, nine mil for the rest of the day, 3.6 mil tomorrow, 5.7 mil on Saturday. I'm working on the basis of heavy ground, well, no matter what the going description is. Warwick could be in a bit of trouble. Um, I actually tweeted both um, Newbury and Warwick courses before we come on here. Newbury haven't answered yet. I just wanted an update as of about two o'clock about how much they've had today. So Newbury hasn't responded, but Warwick have. Uh, they'd already had 14 mil today by 145. Um, so I imagine they're soft, heavy in places at the moment. And... They could have a further 11 mil today, 9.5 mil on Friday, and 11 mil on Saturday from about 11 o'clock onwards. So 
Warwick's Warwick's might not be out of trouble. Lordy Lord. Well, I I mean, yeah, I drove up. I'm up in Newcastle right now. And I drove up through some horrendous weather conditions, proper stormy out there. So a bit of a caveat to the Warwick action then in regards to the weather. But we will tackle that a little bit later in the show because let us kick on with Newbury, guys. Uh, The first of the races we're looking at is the 130. It's the three-mile Betfair Serial Winners Fund Handicap Hurdle. Excellent. And we've got nice, healthy 12 runners going to post for this and a wide open betting heat as well. Daryl, I shall come to you first here. Uh, Kintara is up at the top of the betting for Mel Rowley with regular rider Charlie Deutsch in the saddle, obviously having that excellent season thus far. Young Butler in there, five to one as well. So co-favourites up at the top, G.A. Henty in there. As well at eleven to two, American Sniper is seven to one, and of course this is the Betfair Serials Winners Fund, which is where Rachel Blackmore every time she has a winner, five grand goes in the pot, and that is a pot that is running from Haydock through to Aintree, and it's already up to one hundred and sixty thousand last time I checked in, and of course it's for the Irish Inter Jockeys and the English Inter Jockeys Fund, so it's for a very worthy cause indeed, Daryl. As you would know, courtesy of your trip down to Oaksy House the other day. Yes, yes. Hopefully, I can put a few grand in my pocket because I like one in there. Um, I, I like uh, I like GA Henty for for the skeletons. Um, just to mention very quickly that Kintara was actually put in at ten to one, and I think it's just been a market correction um, to to put that horse in. Fourteen to so early yeah, in the week. I, it was definitely Ooh. well well too big, a bit of a rick as you would like to say. I think Dan, um, mm-hmm. but that's been uh, that's been corrected now. Yeah, GA Henty for me. This is uh, I, I, I like the shape of this race. It's an open betting heat, but I think it's going to take something a little less exposed to, to come through and win this and. The Skeletons have this GANT who really caught the eye, actually, when he was with Tom George running at Cheltenham last January, just sort of given an experienced spin around Cheltenham, dropped right out the back um, and then just sort of came home in his own time. But the way he moved through the race, the way he picked up going past beating horses, I thought was just eye-catching. Travelling well enough next time out at uh, Foss Last in March. Uh, that race was won by Young Buster, who's rated 135. Travelling well enough. Just brought down after jumping a hurdle, a horse fell in front of him. He's actually a spectacular jumper at market raising. He didn't miss a beat until the second last. And he just got in too tight at the second last. And the 89-rated flat horse, Zane Knights, who, is, uh, who had caught the eye in a couple of starts in, in novice hurdles before that, just outsped him on the run to the line. That was over two and a half miles. Going up and trip is is almost certainly going to suit him. He's by Milan uh, out of a, a, a dam called Linderman, as the same as Gidley Park. And I just think that going up and trip, bringing out stamina in him is really going to suit him. You can see him travelling really well in this. He, he's, he's a brilliant jumper. He's going to make a fine chaser. I would be highly surprised if he's going to end the season uh, not not much higher than 114, which is an open handicap mark here. So hopefully with his sort of improvement to come for the step up and trip, his unexposed profile, hopefully that's enough to take care of a few fellow exposed rivals. Interesting. Okay, so Daryl going for the less exposed individual in here, currently 11 to 2. Dan, which angle are you taking, you know, with sort of that more exposed look? There's a good few in there in the mid-div of the market that are way more exposed, but at least you know what we're going to get with them in this sort of race. Yeah, and I think I thought that might be quite key under conditions, which as Tony's Mm. outlined might be absolutely brutal. It might not be a place for a 
a flashy, tra- strong traveller up in trip. I'm wondering, yeah, as Daryl said, early in the week, Quintara was definitely the bet. He was about 14. He's an improving horse, would have won at Warwick, but you've got to readjust when he's 5-1 to one at the minute. And he's a right favourite. I might keep him on side if he eases back out slightly. I might even keep him on side at fives, but I'm going to go for a bit of a a sluggard, really, in judicial law at 14's win and place. Just He just grinds and grinds, and I think that's what you want to do. Uh, you'll want to do at Newbury on Saturday. Thinking to he he ran in lesser company, but then he showed what he's really capable of in a big field at Cheltenham, where he's split Highland and another well handicapped horse who's come out and won since. Didn't perform on his next start, but the fact he's had a break suggests either something wasn't quite quite right there, or he was just ready for a rest. And the headgear is off. Don't know what to make of that. He might actually freshen him. I don't know. But I thought he was the sort of horse that would just keep galloping if he's fit and firing. And that's definitely what you're going to want on Saturday. Yeah, same, Mark, as we last saw him off, off a break. Uh, judicial law is currently 14 to 1. So a bit of an outsider swing for Dan there. And final word on this over to UTC. Who do you think from weather conditions? Um, I think there'll be a big leveller in here. Um there was loads in here you fancied. Before I saw the prices, I didn't look have a look at this race um, anti-post and I didn't uh, have a look at the price before uh, all the overnight fields came up. Um, I was looking for about, I thought Bally McGraughty Boy would be a lot bigger than 14s. He actually opened up 10s and they just nipped out to 14s. But I was looking for at least 25s given the profile. Well beaten last time. Um, I'm not making any judgment about it because I don't, I don't really pay any attention to jockeys, but I thought the fact that Ella Harbison was on claiming seven, I thought that would knock out the price she's naught from 28 in her career. She actually didn't look that bad on the horse at Foss Last. Um, but yeah, I was looking to get with Bally McGraw. Of course, like I said, because I think that the condition would be a good leveller and he is a, just a grinder, three mile heavy ground. Um, but I can't be playing at 14s when I was expecting 25s. Um, Kintara, I'm probably with Dan, but fives is. Is not interesting me at all. I thought with the sportsbook playing four places, I thought it's very obvious. Uh, I thought Emerton sevens each way at four places was was interesting. We all know, you know, the good course form. The second to St. Davy last time has been franked. Only got put up a couple of pounds for it. Um, he actually blew out when I had a good go at him at, at Haydock, actually. I don't know what, what happened there, but he was back to form last time. And I just thought he was, it would be hard to kick out the frame. But that said, there are quite five or six here you, you could uh, put up a fair case for. But I thought Emerton, at the current price, is Emerton sevens each way with those four places. Okay, plenty of different angles in then to our first. Um, TC, I might as well stay with you for the Denman chase, the 205, which we're tackling next. Uh, two miles, seven and a half furlongs, uh, the grade two Betfair Denman chase. And hopefully we'll get to see Shishkin. Strut is stuff. He's eight to thirteen at the top of the market currently against Protectorat at two to one. He's had plenty of racing, and the market really is in and around those top two in the market because next best is Hitman at ten to one. Does he know at fourteen? Sam Brown in there at twenty five. So that's your full field for the Betfair Denman Chase. So many question marks about Shishkin. I think I'm taking a swing. TC, he won't be a bet for you at that sort of price, given his profile. But what is the way to play this race? Um, well, the, the sports book were out to get him earlier on in the day. They went 8 to 11, which was clear top price. And they've obviously been accommodated to, to some extent. He's now out to 13. You can see why they would take him on. 
Um, I think he would have won the King George last time. The jockey certainly thinks so. Um, but this will, this was probably, if I'm working on the basis of heavy ground, this, that will be the, the softest ground he's ever raced on. Time for never, he's won officially on heavy ground, but time for will never have him even racing on heavy ground before. So if it's, if the, the forecast is as bad as some sites suggest, they might have a decision to make on, on Saturday, you know, because they won't want to bottom him on that kind of ground. Uh, conditions are more in protector at, but, couldn't be backing a horse like that at two to one. Um, couldn't back Hitman or does he know? It's totally out of form. I, I think if there is a bet in the race, uh, I think it's probably Sam Brown at 25. I mean, he only won a veterans trace last time, but he won. Um, he's six and 13 or soft on heavy ground. Um, yeah, he's got a mountain to climb, isn't he, on, on official figures. I mean, 15 to five with Shishkin at these adjusted rates and, and sevens with Protector at. But yeah, I thought Sam Brown at 25s. And I probably, when, when the without betting comes in, if he's the outsider of three, which the outright uh, betting suggests he, he should be, I'd be looking to back him without Shishkin and Protector at. If he's the outsider of three in that market, like I said, which the current prices suggest he will be, that's the, that's the main betting angle into the race. Okay, very different way to play it then than the straight up market. Uh, Daryl, like this is this race is all based around Shishkin and what we're going to expect from him. Will he jump off? Will he cope with the ground? And will he get round clear? Are the three question marks? Um, do you have any answers for me, basically, in terms of the sort of profile of him coming in here and what we can expect from him? it's just an unfortunate thing that happened at Kempton, wasn't it? it? You know, he's just clipped himself and come down. It's, you know, it's a, a one in a million thing that that could happen, but he was, he was well on top in my opinion. So look, I, I echo everything that Tony's just said, that is exactly the way I was going to play the race and the without market looking at Sam Brown. I know he, like Tony said, he only won a, a veterans chase, which both of the lads put him up for, by the way, but Jesus, he enough won it. Like he won it well. And, uh, you know, he's only had 22 starts. I know he's a 12-year-old, but stranger things have happened and I would be interested in the prices in the without market. I expect Shishkin to win here. Like, Protector Act does come in here on, on a bit of an upward curve last time. It'll give us a good line into the Gold Cup through La Presse and Shishkin and Protector Act to see how we're faring um, on the back of this race. But the fact is that I couldn't play the other two, which are Hitman and does he know. I know Sam Brown pulled up in this race last year, but it was virgin on good to firm ground that day. I tipped Zanza that day and it was rattling quick and he, he pulled up and he came into the race on the back of no form whatsoever. He obviously comes in in good heart this time around. I, I'm, I am genuinely very interested in the without market for Sam Brown. Okay, so that's two votes for Sam Brown then in the without market. Two very negative nudges about Does He Know and Hitman from the boys. And they've sort of painted the picture for Protectorat and Shishkin. So, Dan, the question to you is, are, are you getting involved? Do you have a different bet to the boys? Um, probably not. No, I do. It's just a really hard race. It's like, what price do you make Shishkin? Yeah. Maybe, maybe the ground, um, the ground issue is a is a more compelling one than I think. I, I just think that nowadays this horse a really strong stayer and a proper slog won't be a trouble to him. But yeah, how do you quibble between four to six and eight to 13 when mainly people will be pushing him out in the firms because of the fact that he might refuse to race <laughs> or some, some might dangle a four to five carrot and hope that he refuses to race because then they'll have a full on Skinner. So I think... I think it's a really tough race to be confident about. I'd actually rather look at Shishkin for the Gold Cup 
and I don't think he'll harm his chances anyway, I hope, unless he refuses to race. Um, but frankly, it's just a no-bet race for me. I'm just more interested to see how he gets on, see if he's back in not just good form, because he was in belting form at Kempton, make sure that's not affected him, and above all, make sure he sets off. Yeah. Well, I'm like you. I'm fascinated to see him in particular in this race. Um, just, yeah, clear round, please. Jump off and then at least have a... Um, a Are we not making a bit much of it? Like, he's only refused the race once, isn't he? Like, it was just... Yeah, a- it's just... It's just if, you, if you're punting a horse that's refused at 8 to 11, if they do it again, yeah, it's yeah, like complete plum, don't And you? there's <laughs> argument, you know, and there's, there is arguments that he's given it a bit of thought in the past, people are saying, aren't they? So... He might have refused once, but he might have thought about it more than once, Daryl. I don't know, with horses, once they get it in their head. Yeah, very Banger, true. Just a quick one. Banger refusing to race tomorrow because of snow. Just breaking news. <laughs> Beautiful. I, I, I hope you can do again. the same in a minute, but I feel like that's doubtful. Uh, I joke, I joke, I love my job. Um, before anyone has a go. Right, <laughs> Dan, let's stick with you. Um, because that was a no-bet race for you, but what about the Betfair Exchange game Spirit Chase, another grade two, this time over two miles and half a furlong, and again, dip for different reasons, but a fascinating, talented horse up at the top of the betting, Edward Stone, six to four, off the disappointment after stepping up in trip when we last saw him at Kempton, back down in trip now, and no John Bond into a grade two again, taking on Boot Hill at two to one, who's very much on that upward trajectory, despite his fall last time edited the jeet uh with the plate with the cheat pieces on a seven to one in there amarillo sky is 11 um, eight to one there's just top few but you see what i'm saying in regards to edward stone you know we have the questions about shishkin and we have sort of similar questions in regards to edward stone because the real edward stone has been somewhat missing in action yeah he definitely has and it might have been as daryl feared before on that he just didn't get the trip at kempton but he was he'd reverted to being keen he didn't even show much of a burst. He got into the race okay. It was but too was... bad to be true, wasn't it? Like... Yeah, but how many times do we keep saying that now? Because we go back to a horse who was such a brilliant winner of a Tingle Creek. And then he... he... I remember being at Cheltenham the day running the champion chase against Energamine. And they probably covered, what, four fences by the time they passed the stands first time. And I knew he was a million. Just wasn't going a yard. Wasn't, wasn't jumping in his usual way. And the defeats are mounting up six or seven in a row now. Um, I wish Calico wasn't in the race from a tactical perspective, I must admit, because he's going to force the pace. Less bothered about usual frontrunner Amarillo Sky because we've not seen him. Be a bold move to try and blast off first time out. But I'm coming around to the belief that with the cheap pieces on the value for me, definitely editor de Gite. I think the cheap pieces might help him. Um Why he's priced up amongst horses like Amarillo Sky and Funambul Savola when those two just haven't shown that they're still capable of running at this sort of level when he has. I don't know. He won a Desert Orchid two starts back and cheap pieces might help. Could get into a really good rhythm on the front if you can see Calico off early doors. And I just think sevens is too big. I certainly would not want to back in the current Edward Stone. And I'm a horse who used to absolutely adore him. Um, I'm not falling out with him. I just don't rate him like he used to. I think there are question marks. Um, and then there's the big doubt as well for me about conditions for Boot Hill. He wins all his races around Dascot on less testing ground through sort of a turn of pace. And will that be blunted? So I'm on the editor, Dejit train to try and do what he did last year, which was upsetting Edward Stone when Edward Stone was probably in better nick than his luck this time around. 
Intriguing. TC, you love a sort of headgear angle. And of course, editor Jajit has those cheap pieces on as Dan has already outlined. Is it something that you are, is he something that you're interested in in this race? Yeah, but it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I always think when they put cheap pieces on, sometimes it's to, you know, make it, it maybe a change of tactics. But, you know, you go back to the likes of Cloth Cap, you know, winning a old Hennessy in, in, in first time cheap pieces. So it can work both ways. The pace angle is fascinating in here, as Dan said. Editor normally goes forward. Calico does. Fanonball similar does quite a bit, uh, as does Amarillo Sky. So, what actually happens tactically, obviously, will have to be important. It's it's a real kind of like tricky race, isn't it? I mean, you can pick holes in every single horse. Um, Fanonball Civil was fours with a sportsbook on Monday, um, although he was sevens elsewhere. And he's now drifted out to nines. Um, and that's big enough to lure me in. I'll, I'll be chucking a few, put it in at, at, at nine to one. I mean, I know, you know, it's, he's won the race in the last two years. And, uh, you know, he, and he's been a he's been a distant light of that kind of form, isn't it? Yeah, in fact, when he won this race last year, it was um, it was at the time form, actually called it firm ground. Um, so obviously, oh, it was, yeah. Oh, risk had been like eight seconds faster than every other yeah, so hurt on. Yeah, much different conditions here, but he doesn't have to lead. In fact, his his career best was was when he was second to an ergamine uh, from mm-hmm. off the pace, and that was on soft ground. And time form have also got him winning on heavy. So some people might say Fonambu similar is a good ground horse. Um, the evidence would suggest that's not that's not the case. Um, and I just thought, I mean, obviously he's rated one hundred and forty five now. He got he got humped at Doncaster last time off one hundred and forty eight. Um, when he was trying to take on Calico and paid for it late on, but I just think a, a cue to ride. Um, I think he's, I think he's still better than a hundred and forty-five rated horse. I mean, that suggests he's seventeen pounds shy of Edward and Edward Stone. But like I said, you can obviously you can pick holes in him from his from his current form. But you know, but he was one hundred and sixty-three rated after that Champion Chase, and I don't think he's regressed as much as that handicap mark would suggest. And even though, like you said, you you can throw stones at him, you can throw stones at all six, and, and that drift in price, uh, nothing has changed since Monday. Um, the, all six stood their ground, and he's gone from fours to nines with the sports book. Um, I just think that's too big a uh, too big a slide. Okay, for number Savola then for TC Daryl, we've got two lads thrown into the mix already, and everyone so far avoiding Boot Hill and Edward Stone at the price, as it should be said, on the ground we're expecting. So, do you concur with the boys? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, look, I'm on the, I've been on this Fernando Civila train for a while. Um, I was so disappointed he was beating a Doncaster last night. I basically backed him at nine two to run in a handicap of 143 under Ned Fox, and he, he and he couldn't get the job done, you know. But if this was any other track, I, I wouldn't even be taking him seriously. But he won this race last year. He beat the Grenadine, who's rated 170, 170. So I wouldn't look too much into the ratings. Funnily enough, he's, he's under a penalty because the, the conditions of this race, you saddle a penalty after September the 30th, 2022. Which is just seems bonkers to me, but the nightmare the, for penalties after Tony uncovered that the other week. Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure this is the correct penalty? 
Daryl, before they <laughs> yeah. shit, it's the fan. I'll get Tony to look into it. Penalty's <laughs> <laughs> made me feel nervous on this show now. September, like an England that's football that's fan. 2022, that's that's pretty standard in, in quite a few of these races. Yeah, I know. It's just, it just seems silly to me to, to, to have a penalty after 16 months, but <laughs> it's what it is. Uh, yeah, but look, he, he's... If it was at any other track, I wouldn't even give him the time of day because he's 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 a horse that was running over hurdles as a three year old in France. You know, they do he's nine, they do catch up with you. But I, I just want to give him one last chance at Newbury. I know the conditions are probably not in his favour, um, but I do think there are holes in, a, in in a few of these. Again, Edward Stone was far too keen at, at Kempton. Maybe that was the, the slow pace, but he was beaten too far out for me to say that he just didn't see out the trip. Um, He's probably the most likely horse to benefit from the, from if there is a pace collapse if they decide to go hell for leather. But at six to four, I just, I just couldn't I couldn't do it to myself really. So uh, it'd be a tentative couple of quid at Fernando Sibler again. Okay, tentative <laughs> then. Tentative views. I do not want Daryl from you for the Betfair hurdle. Two miles and that half a furlong. The premier handicap. Twenty five go to post. Massive prize pot of. 87,000, just over 87,000 to the winner. And, oh, this is a race to get stuck into, Daryl. O'Castle Demotte, four to one, is your favourite for that man, Willie Mullins. Many of you will have heard of his profile by now. Over from France, purchased by Anthony Bromley. Better handicapped, or yeah, has a lower handicap rating in the UK than it does in Ireland, so they've decided to run him here. Uh, Ibirico Lord is next best at five to one. Alta Belli in there at seven to one. Tell her the name for Ben Pauling is eight to one. I'm not going to go through them all, obviously. We've got the curveball of the French horse, some of that known form as well. Unexposed individuals, everything you'd want for a bet fair hurdle, Daryl. Yeah, absolutely. And if you had listened to uh, Anthony Bromley on Nick Luck's podcast, you would have just heard the confidence coming out of the speakers from from Anthony Bromley. Like they said that they were looking at uh, the Betfair Exchange hurdle at Christmas, but he was he was found to uh, scope badly. And then he said his words were, "So we'll look to the next, the big next biggest handicap." Um, he, he mentioned things like this might bounce us from from the Betfair hurdle into a Martin Pope or the Coral Cup or the County hurdle. Like the, the confidence coming out of him, it just it had me like running scared. Really, talking about one or two spins to take advantage of his handicap mark before going chasing next year. Jeez, like I'm not normally one to listen to that sort of stuff, but like you couldn't help but be like. Jesus, you can see sort of why the money's come for him. And, you know, there are a couple of soft form lines you could find to suggest that he might be well-treated, but still a little bit of a guessing game. Um, Look, there is a soft form line with through under control with him. Um, They both beat the same horse, eight and four lengths. So, but look, I I like this under control. Um, I'm not entirely happy about the rain, must be honest, but I don't think it'll be too much of a hindrance to her. She did win it at Sandown in the mud last year, albeit it was more good to soft that day, beating Ibirico Lord. But just the progression she showed from winning at Cheltenham last April to jumping forward just nine days later to win at, win at Sandown, absolutely cantered, pulled the arms off Nico de Boinville through that Sandown race, cancelled all. I didn't think she did the tap in front. Um, I thought she was valuable for a lot more there. And and then sort of obviously she disappointed in Jerry Fielden, but to run the way she did at Doncaster, there was a lack of pace for her. I thought the ground was too quick for her. She chased home Astro Diamond, finishing very strongly, hitting the line hard. Just that progression from each single start, I just think she could she could have loads more to come off a of mark of 147. And splitting Gala Marceau and, and Astro Diamond does suggest to me that she's a sort of a, a 140s horse. And given her unexposed profile, I just 
like she's got to have more to come, surely. I just hope conditions are not going to dampen her sort of the turn of foot. But she will love this big field handicap. The strong pace. There's loads of pace in this race. Strong pace. Hopefully, John Joe O'Neill can just sit there and just sort of creep through. That's what I'd be hoping for. I think she's a mid-140s mare. So um, I'm going to only have one okay. dart in this race because I'm terrified of the favourite. Okay, running scared of the favourite, but it's under control uh, for Daryl. Currently 14 to 1, and this race is paying the six places with Betfair. So plenty of extra places there for you. Um, Dan, I'm going to come to you next because one of my favourite horses in training. Well, I think, uh, Jen, yeah, one of my favourite horses in training runs here. Look He's away. Number five. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. We, we share. Ha- I think a lot of people would share that view. Yeah. What a boy. What a boy. Honestly, I just love him. I think he's really, yeah, he's got a bit of a fan club going look away from Neil King Yard at 10 to 1. Is this going to be a bit too competitive for him against some of those unexposed individuals in here? I think he's bound to run a big race. You've got six places here as well. Proven stamina, proven in the mud. I think it's been really good training, actually, from Neil King after his first season over hurdles, considering what he was in bumpers, was was pretty low-key, wasn't it? But I remember being at Warwick one day when he, he pulled too hard and didn't get home and he, he was a bit expensive to follow, but he's absolutely clicked this season. I think he's bound to give a really good account of himself. But whilst I was mentioning a bit of trainer talk, I just reflect back to a quote from Keelan Woods after riding a particular horse. He said, make no mistake, this horse is the best I've ever ridden. He's very good and should really be unbeaten as I think he ran into a freak when he was just denied last time. And that's tell her the name who runs in this bet for hurdle. I've had him earmarked for this for ages. Um, the, the horse who he refers to as a freak is Django Bay, who probably with a clear run would have gone closer to winning the, the Sydney Banks at Huntingdon this afternoon. Um, I think the the one of the most striking things I'd seen all season, you know, just at the end of a race, as you see, you see a, a short price favourite coasting to victory. You don't think much of it, but... The pace that Tell the Name was going as he passed the line at Huntingdon was unbelievable. He'd given a 14-length thrashing to a horse who'd won on his hurdling debut and he's been second again since. I think what he did back on his own hurdling debut, he gave a 14-length beating to Lucky Place. It was since, I know it's Lucky Place's hurdling debut, but Lucky, Lucky Place has since pushed um, Gidley Park all the way at Cheltenham, sweeping around the outside. So... Uh, above and beyond anything, I've got to back him off a mark of 135. Connections apparently are slightly worried about the ground, but he's a Molinus, and I just think they'll handle anything. I just think they're so dependable and tough and versatile. Um, so I'm keeping him on side. Definitely like the look away angle. I can totally see that. Um, and I think if there's an obvious six places horse, it might be Iberico Lord. Um, given he's proven on the ground, he's got that strong form in the Great Wood. So fascinating race, but my colours are nailed to the the master, the best horse that Keelan's ever ridden. Hope he's right. Lovely. We haven't had a, a quote readout for a little while. We've had plenty of form figure readouts, not quote <laughs> readout. Lovely stuff. Nice addition for our 300th showdown. Uh, TC, <laughs> tell me, are you getting stuck into the extra places, the six places? How are you playing this? Um... Yeah, I mean, I, I was I was tracking the decks with this this morning, and um, I wasn't sure the favourite was going to be put into the race because Willie Mullins declared the two Paul Byrne horses. It could well be that Paul Byrne declares all his own horses. I don't know, but um, Willie Mullins and he only put uh, the favourite in quite late, and Willie and Nicky Henson did the same thing 
uh, with under control. He put his first three in, including Ibirico Lord in the same ownership, and under control went in a fair bit after his three. So whether or not he would, there were Amir Naira at the ground for under control, I don't know. The reason why I was tracking the decks and stuff, because I wanted uh, my anti-post selection to get in only a matter of time. Um, but uh, because Hansard was the only one that came out at the, at the five-day stage, and we, he's the currently the first reserve. So uh, I'll be interested in only a matter of time if, he, if one does come out. I think they have to come out by one o'clock tomorrow uh, right. to, to actually to get a run. Uh, I'll be interesting to see what what um, what they do with the other Paul Byrne horse, Alvany, because that's a 40s poke. And obviously that's Willie Mullins, Paul Byrne as well. So if that one does pick up a knock in the next 24 hours, could be quite convenient for only a matter of time. But let's deal with the definite runners. I think you have to have Iberico Lord on side. Um, unfortunately, the sports McCods compilers think the same as well. They're fives, he's sevens and eights elsewhere. But look, I'd do as I'd be exactly the same as them. I'd be I'd be fives a, a push. Um, I think the good ground, the sub two mile trip, uh, and possibly the track was against him at Ascot last time when he was very very disappointed. And um, I just think heavy ground. Um, time form called it heavy in the Great Wood. Um, I think heavy ground, Newbury. Stiffest stamina test. I think he's. I think he must go well. I mean, we all know how well that great wood forms worked out. And off an eight pound high mark, I think he must go close. I, I made a bold, rash, stroke, stupid comment that I thought he might be the best two mile herder outside of Constitution Hill after the great wooden. Um, he might be in Britain, Tony. I wouldn't yeah. tear up that slip yet. So, yeah, like I said, it's like I, said, I mean, like yeah, I, said, yeah. I just think, I think. I think we'll see a map. I think we'll see the great form coming back. And if it does, I think he's still well handicapped for that. But I'd, I'd have to be playing on win only on exchange. I'm I'm not playing him. I won't be playing him six places. But one horse I am going to be taking a big flyer at at 66 is each way with the six places is Ito Ditto down the bottom of the weights. Now, this is very much a gut feel. Um, yeah. Because it's he hasn't done it on the clock, you know he's he's actually fifteen pound higher when beating at a naught to hundred and ten at Exeter in November, but I had to look at that Chepstow win of his last time. I was really taken with it. His jumping's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, honestly, and like I said, he the handicapper upped in ten pound for that novice hurdle win. Uh, but on the upside of that, as he if he didn't, he wouldn't have got into the race. But I was. I love the way he picked up again after the last, like Dan said, he, he's a jumper. He's a really good jumper. It was like testing ground, two miles at Chepstow. I just think he's a light, lightly weighted horse that's really going to go go well for him. Now, like I said, the £10 rise for the Novice Erda win obviously is a, is a drawback, but I think it's probably deserved. I think the second came into that race quite highly regarded after, after a win and a, and a point win previously, so he's effectively on a hat-trick there. The third, who was beaten 18, 19 and a half lengths, came out and wasn't beaten far. Well, as he'd been a half a length in a Chepstow novice hurdle next time. So, um, yeah, I saw enough in that Chepstow run last time to suggest that I'm going to take a big swing at him at 66s each way, each way, six places. And hopefully by the time my column goes live later, it's still there. So, Can we yeah. do a quick request a bit? Well, no. do you reckon for Betfair Mischief, we could stick a special up for Shishkin and Yorksy on the same card, both to refuse? Oh. Well, price reckon it Because Yorksy's done it twice in her own, now. Oh, that's a horrible one. Come on. Yeah. 
Good vibes need only apply, Dan. All right, that's Newbury done and dusted. Let's bounce over to Warwick. Of course, TC's already given us, us the heads up in regards to their weather forecast. We record this on the Thursday afternoon, so plenty of rain coming their way on Friday. So do bear that in mind for this meeting. But we've got a few races to cover at Warwick. We will start with the 145 now, Daryl, because that is the two-mile, five-furlong handicap hurdle, JCB handicap hurdle. And Santos Blue is your six-to-four favourite up at the top of the betting. Pretty short price for a race like like this um are you with him or against him from the skeleton yard uh well i was going to be with him but i've just seen the prices now so uh, i think yeah. that's short enough that six to four for me but th- this horse will just gallop through the conditions if, if if it gets to go ahead and uh we'll just keep grinding away for you i thought one that was probably interested right down the other end of the market was legionnaire for anthony Cholin. um i thought shaped quite well in a decent race at um at Wincanton last time lowry's bar and java allen are two progressive horses would have needed that run um, after a long time off the track and just there was just something in the in the run dropped a couple of pounds sort of much much easier contest today uh, could go well at a price but it wouldn't be no no confident selection in this okay tentative selection then what about you tc do you have a strong view for this uh i thought up, up for parole was a big price at tens um disappointed last time in the lanzarote a race in which he's he finished further the year before and a good six off mark of 133 uh in 2022 so you have to forgive him on that bad run, but I think, I think this test in bad ground will be up his up his street. I think he's dropped to a mark of 124 now, like I said, and you know two starts ago he ran perfectly well over extended two mile one at Fontwell in in very deep ground. Uh, the the betting angle, the main betting angle into him here um, is I think he'll get a solo out in front. Um, so I just think off a falling handicap mark. On conditions, I think he's he'll uh, enjoy. I thought tens was was too big a price, so up for parole. Uh, the current price of tens. Okay, uh, let's move on to the two twenty at Warwick. It is the mayor's hurdle, a listed contest over two miles, five furlongs, and you wear it well as your eight fifteen favourite currently with the sports book in here for the Snowden Yard. Um, given what she's been doing and who she's been bumping into, Dan, I'd love to see her get back on track. I mean, she's had a solid season, but this is her level. Um, it's going to be an easier contest for a small field too. Surely, as the price suggests, this is hers for the taking. Yeah, I wouldn't want. I wouldn't want to be going in too short though with her. She she's not miles clear on the figures, given given the weight away. Um, and ultimately, I've been I've been impressed with the progress that that um, Ollie Greenhouse horse has made at the bottom. I just think she's a really likable, progressive horse. She's 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 done it in handicaps, admittedly, but they've been warm handicaps. The Weatherby win was really decisive. And then she's gone to Cheltenham and running that Nurse Susan race that has continued to prove a strong piece of form. And the other thing I was thinking is, now she's back in trip. Obviously, You Wear It Well was ridden with unusual patience for her because they were stepping up to three miles behind Marie's Rock. After that, I suspected dropping back in distance, they might revert to going forward, in which case get a tonic will at the very least be nuisance value. So I had a tactical angle that they might set it up for Winds to the Lightning and just a belief that she's a progressive mare and closer to you wear it well getting four pounds than the market would have you believe. Okay. All right. So vote away from the favourite. What about you, Daryl, in here? Yeah, I, I thought Get a Sonic was interesting. Um, 
seems to throw in a bad one here and there, but uh, just at the weight adjusted ratings, has not got too much to find. It's massive price compared to you wear it well, who I do expect to go forward. I'm hoping that Tristan Durrell will just take a bit more of a conservative approach with it. She ran really well here um, a couple of years ago behind Marie's Rock in this race. And uh, I suspect this has been the target since bombing out at Newbury behind Rambo T. But hard to get away from how impressive she was. And that was definitely a big, big step forward from her the time before at Newbury. So I'll give her a chance at 92. All right. And last word to you, TC, on this mare's race. Did you find a bet for small field? No, ITV were instrumental in getting the Kingmaker kicked off their schedule. They should have got this one kicked off too. There's, a, <laughs> there's an eight-runner handicap hurdle at, four, at five past four. They should have drafted that in and and, sh- and uh, shafted this race as well. No, I'd have quite liked to watch Matata running around there as fast as possible. You know, just for a spectacle, well, it wouldn't be a betting race, would it? Well, one thing I will say, ITV and Warwick have missed a trick here because they should have put the Kingmaker on before ATV come on, not after, because people want to watch good horses, but they don't want it. That they should have showed a recording of that race, but obviously they can't now because they put it on after. So I think ITV oh, yeah. and missed a trick there. But yeah, that's won't be having a bet yeah. in that race. No. Okay, will you have a bet then, just quickly, because we've got to wrap up. 2.55 uh, is the third race ITV will be showing over the two miles and four furlongs. It's the Veterans Handicap Chase. You've all done well in veterans races of late, so I'm expecting winners here, winners galore. Do your job as the 5-2 favourite. Diego de Chamil in there off a huge break at 7-2. Fast buck in there for the James Williams yard, 7-2 as well. Riders on the storm, an old favourite at 9-2 for Richard Hobson. Uh, TC, I'll start with you. Did you find a bet with the old boys? Um, fast buck interested me most, but not at 7-2. Uh, a lot of people would say, you know, all his winning has been, you know, all his recent runs have been over two miles, but in fact, his best ever best ever performance was over two mile five in Ireland when he went behind Darby Star. So perhaps the step up in trip will uh, will see a further resurgence after he won at Wincanter last time. But um, and he's just turned ten as well, which is which tends to be a well can be a big positive in these veterans races. But at seven to two, no thanks. Okay, <laughs> not not at the prices then, Daryl. What about you? Yeah, champagne mystery at nines for me. Uh, I thought this horse made a very, very eye-catching move at Cheltenham when we saw him last um, last month uh, behind Garlaw. He was he was sort of like on the inside because he jumped slightly out to the right, which is a concern if he doesn't get cover. But he was on the inside towards, towards the rear of the pack coming down the hill. He jumps the third last and he's just swung right round the outside of the entire field on the way to the second last. And he, he, all of a sudden he's at the front of the pack and he's just been outsped um, uh, in the closing stages. And I just thought that was quite an eye-catching run. Uh, that was his first run coming back over from France um, for, for Tom George and just said to me that there could be a bit more to come from him. This is much, much calmer waters than the depths of those, that race there. And uh, I expected him to be close towards the top of the market on the back of that effort, but uh, someone doesn't seem to agree with me. So I'll, I'll take the nines. Thank you very much. You'll take it. Yeah, people get lost in all that French form on a day like this as well. Um, last word to you, Dan, on this. Yeah, I um, I can totally see that. I mean, it was a massive sweeper. I didn't know enough about him from his time when he used to be trained by Henderson. He was very hit and miss. He'd sometimes blow out. I'd have the same opinion. Obviously, the, the lad who rides him had never ridden Cheltenham, and I didn't check because I didn't think I had to. He almost certainly won't have ridden Warwick either. Um <laughs> I didn't think Riders on the Storm would be arse. I'd want to back second time out because of his record fresh. I thought he was probably just had to gallop round at Aintree. It didn't happen, but he's down to 130 now. He won an old Ronoff 139 
Warwick should suit him really well. It's it's not it's not dissimilar to Aintree. Fenty's come up thick. It's a demanding thick and fast. It's a demanding test of jumping. You've got to be in a rhythm. You've got to be up with the pace. All those things he will be. Sheehan's having a crack in him again, riding on the crest of waves, you know, full of confidence. And he's always been best fresh. So it's a big negative that he didn't run better at Aintree where he capitulated. But I think the market and the subsequent drop to his handicap mark makes him a big enough price to to risk him and hope that he can bounce back. Because a fair few of these don't tend to run the same race alike, do they? A lot of them have training problems. Do your jobs, Ad. Is it five wind ops now? He's with another new trainer. He's had almost as many stables. Fastbook won a week race. Lelagerian always hits a fence. And the more I think about it, the more I'm thinking I'm going to keep Champagne Mystery on side, but mainly about Riders on the Storm. Okay, Riders on the Storm currently 9-2 to two in the market there. Nice competitive veterans handicap for us there. Um, boys, it is just about to be naps time, but before we do, don't forget the offer this weekend, completely free bet on racing multiples every weekend between now and Cheltenham. Check the website out for those extra places as well, including in the Betfair hurdle. Really good competitive action on that card at the Uri. Can't wait for Super Saturday. And on top of all of that, do use our safer gambling tools on the Betfair website. Um, as I said earlier, almost 50% of our customers are all already using those safer gambling tools so do get involved all details of them on the website right to wrap up the show boys naps please tc what is your nap of super saturday uh Iberico lord and the 155 ground bet for hurdle beautiful what a company man that guy is well, I just, everyone mucks around with these cheltenham handicap marks I me mean, don't get me started on that but you know this is 87 grand to the winner Favourite won 56 round for winning the county hurdle mm. last year. Trainers want yeah. to get, give their head a wobble. Hey, they absolutely do. Owners too. Um, yeah. Dan, Dan, your nap, please. I'd love to have a nap in the Betfair podcast sponsored race, but as it's 300, but I'll stick with the Betfair exchange game spirit chase. Editor de G at seven to one. Beautiful. With those cheap pieces on. Love it. Uh, Daryl. Easy. Yeah, I'm going to go in the Betfair hurdle as well. Six places on offer, winning place for under control. Proper company men, these guys, aren't they? Love to see it. Um, look, guys, thank you very much for your contributions. As always, listeners and viewers out there, thank you for joining us for that was our 300th Racing Any Better show. Uh, here's to 300 more with any luck. Have a good weekend. Enjoy the action. Gamble responsibly. Have fun with it. And join us again on Monday when we, of course, will be back with Wade In to dissect it all. But for now, have a good one, everyone. 